Viscount Raleigh was to be one of the house guests. Mrs. Croft, the housekeeper at Bodley, brought the news to Mrs. Lovering, the rector's wife, and there were to be several other ladies and gentlemen, too, as guests. She really had no idea if there were any other titles among them. She would not have known about his lordship, except that Mrs. Adams's letter had referred to her brother-in-law, and Mr. Adams had no other brother except the Viscount, did he? But one could be certain that any company that included Viscount Raleigh must be distinguished company. It was almost worth having been without the family for two dreary months, it was generally agreed. Two years had passed since Mr. and Mrs. Adams had brought home guests with them, and it was many years since Viscount Raleigh had visited his brother in the country. Anticipation ran high in the village. No one knew the exact hour or day of the arrival, but everyone was on the alert. There was bound to be more than one carriage for the family and visitors, and a whole fleet of carriages to bring their belongings and their servants. It was a sight not to be missed. Fortunately, there was no way for them to come from Kent except through the village. One just had to hope that they would not arrive after dark. But surely they would not, when there were lady travellers, and one never knew when highwaymen would be lurking on darkened roads. Spring was coming at last, and with it new life and vigour and splendour, splendour in the woods and hedgerows, and splendour of another, even more exciting kind at Bodley. Despite herself, Mrs. Catherine Winters, widow, found that she glanced far more often than she normally did through the front windows of her little thatched cottage at the southern end of the village street, and that she listened with heightened senses for the sound of approaching carriages. She loved her back garden more than the front, because of the fruit trees with their branches hanging over the lawn, and the shade they offered in the summer, and because the river flowed and gurgled over mossy stones at the end of the garden— but she found herself more often than not in the front garden these days, watching the crocuses come into bud, and a few brave shoots of the daffodil bulbs push through the soil. Though she would have scurried indoors fast enough if she really had heard carriages coming, she did so one morning, only to find that it was the Reverend Ebenezer Lovering returning in his one-horse cart from a visit to a nearby farm. She had mixed feelings about the return of the family to Bodley, the children would be happy. They had been longing for weeks for the return of their mamma. She would come laden with gifts when she did come, of course, and spoil them for weeks, so that their classes would be disrupted. But then, children needed their mother more than they did lessons of any description. Catherine gave them music lessons at the house twice a week, though neither child had a great deal of aptitude on the piano forte. Of course, they were young— Juliana was only eight years old, William seven. Life was marginally more interesting when Mr. Adams and his wife were at home. Occasionally, Catherine was invited to the house for dinner or for a card party. She was aware of the fact that it happened only when Mrs. Adams needed to even numbers and was one female short, and she was very aware of the condescension with which she was treated on such occasions. Even so... There was something treacherously pleasant about the opportunity to dress her best, though her self-made clothes must be woefully unfashionable by town standards, she was sure, and to be in company with people who had some conversation. And Mr. Adams himself was always amiable and courteous. 
he was an extremely handsome gentleman, and had passed on his looks to his children, though Mrs. Adams was rather lovely too. But Catherine had learned to avoid his company at the house. Mrs. Adams's tongue could become decidedly barbed if the two of them fell into conversation together. Foolish woman, as if Catherine's behaviour had ever indicated that she was interested in dalliance of any kind. She was not. She was finished with men, and with love, and with flirtation. They had brought her to where she was now. Not that she was complaining. She had a pleasant enough home, in a pleasant enough village, and she had learned how to occupy her time usefully, so that the days were not unbearably tedious. She was glad that the family was returning, partly glad, but they were bringing house-guests with them, plural. Viscount Rawley she did not know. She had never met him, and never...